The Center for Thinking Biblically is a ministry of the Masters University. Visit thinkbiblically.org for more information. Sometimes we wonder, can we make the Bible relevant to our lives? Actually, what's going to happen in the end is God is going to ask, are you relevant to the Bible? Because he has this great plan, we're part of it, and are we doing our part? Now, you might wonder, how do we do our part? How do we get involved? Okay, if the church is supposed to be this institution, the institution for this time, well, what does that look like? Well, that's why the epistles of the New Testament exist. That's why they're there. We need those epistles because they explain to us how to be the church, how to do this grand plan that God has for us, how to establish and fulfill this noble cause that God has given to us. And it's always, always about Christ and the gospel, our testimony and testifying to him. So how do we do it? Well, we have books like James that remind us about seeking God's wisdom and living a certain life, embracing suffering and, and knowing and honoring God in all that we do and having our faith not just be in word but in action and having our faith lived out in deeds because true saving faith drives our life. James reminds us of that. And then you have the Apostle Paul, who lays out an entire framework for the church. He reminds us of the general doctrines that we need to have, an entire Christian worldview. In First and Second Thessalonians, he, he talks about how people are saved and how we're elected and how our lives are transformed at conversion. He talks about how we should be sanctified and how we should pursue holiness in First Thessalonians 4. He talks about the rapture and end times. Everything from start to finish, Paul talks about in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians. Thessalonians, he reminds us of how that sets forth some basic ways to live, how we approach suffering and endurance, how we shouldn't be lazy, that we should work with our own hands, and that if you don't work, you don't eat. Why? Because those are some basic truths that come out of a Christian worldview. And so in First and Second Thessalonians, Paul gives us a worldview, and he also gives us doctrine because the church needs to know what we believe so we can explain something to the world as we are living before them. And so you have what we call the doctrinal epistles. That's epistles like 1 and 2 Corinthians, which explains the doctrine of how we do church and the doctrine of how we think about Christian ministry and the Christian life. That's First and Second Corinthians. And we have Romans, which talks about the gospel in the plan of God. And we have Galatians, which talks about how the gospel should affect our lives in sanctification. We need to understand how all of that works because we're testifying to Christ and the gospel. And so how we live it out and how we do leadership and how we think about the gospel and how we live out the gospel all of those things, they matter, and we should understand that. Paul not only gives us a basic worldview in First and Second Thessalonians, and also a doctrinal basis in Romans and Galatians and First and Second Corinthians, he even gives us church practice, church practice, and that's in the prison epistles. For example, he reminds us of the mentality we're supposed to have in the book of Ephesians as we are all about Christ and how the church fits into the plan of God and how God has elected us and made us for good works and how being joined as Jew and Gentile together, how that magnifies Christ and shows how the gospel is all-powerful and 
the linchpin of everything. And he reminds us in the book of Colossians, the flip side of that, that if that's really the case, we should always be about Christ. We should never let any philosophy, any ideology distract us or dilute who Christ is. We need to be defending Christ in the sense that we never let anyone tarnish his reputation in any way, and we need to be exalting him in everything we do. In fact, even our sanctification, Paul says, let the word of Christ be in your heart. Why? Because it's all about Christ, and that's what Colossians reminds us. At the same time of that, we also need to watch how we live with each other, and Philippians reminds us that if we're all about the gospel, well, then we should all be together all about the gospel, and Philippians is an amazing book about unity as we imitate the humility of Christ together and champion the gospel together. But there's a flip side. It's not just what we do toward the world. That might be our unity toward the world in Philippians, but it's also in Philemon, which talks about our internal unity as we forgive each other and we realize that the slave is our brother because justification is true and we are all right in Christ. And so we have here all the practices of the church in our purpose as we understand our purpose in this world, our purpose is about Christ, Ephesians and Colossians, as well as how we deal with each other relative to the world in unity, Philippians, and how we deal internally in forgiveness with each other, Philemon. And at the tail end of Paul's doctrine to the church, he talks about leadership. And leadership in the pastoral epistles reminds us that leaders are to defend against false teaching on the outside. That's 1 Timothy. Everything in 1 Timothy is designed to gear up leaders and to protect the doctrine of the church because if the church loses what the church is, if we stop being, as Timothy puts it, the pillar and grounds of the truth, well, then it's over. We're no longer the institution God uses. We, we've given up and abandoned and forsaken our role in this world. It's a dereliction of duty. And so leaders must protect that and lead the charge against anything that would defame Christ. At the same time, Titus reminds us about the ministry that should be happening inside the church to strengthen believers so that we continue to proclaim Christ. That's why we have women discipling women and older women to younger women and older men to younger men and elders leading that and modeling that and helping people to be wise and shrewd within it all so that we ornament the gospel and proclaim the gospel and show that we've been transformed as God has washed us with the washing of regeneration and transformed and changed our lives. That's what Titus reminds us. And 2 Timothy says, take everything that Paul has just said, everything that he's talked to about the church and given this whole framework for the church, whether that be worldview, whether that be doctrine, whether that be practical application and ministry in the church, whether that be leadership in the church, take all of that in 2 Timothy and pass it on. What you have heard before the presence of faithful men, pass it on to other faithful men who will likewise do the same. 2 Timothy 2, Paul prays this ministry of the church, which God is using so mightily at the time, it would press forward, it would continue on. That's Paul's heart. And so we have these epistles, like James and the Pauline epistles, like Hebrews, which calls us and motivates us to never abandon Christ because we are all about him and we should never forsake him because he never forsakes us. He is the ultimate messenger. He is our high priest. He is our savior. And we should go out to the camp, out of the camp to where he is. If he's being shamed, we should join him in that shame and we should not be ashamed of him, for we have no reason to be ashamed of the gospel. Hebrews calls us to that noble ministry because that's our role at this time. And you have books like 
1st and 2nd Peter, which remind us that there is hope and we should defend that hope and we should defend that hope from false teachers like 2nd Peter talks about and we should make sure to live out our hope accordingly like 1st Peter talks about and 1st and 2nd, 3rd John remind us of the nature of Christ and how we should have true belief in him and that we should never allow and never tolerate the nature of Christ to be perverted and that our love should be pure thereby and that we should never associate with those who are perverting the gospel, but always support those who are advancing the gospel, that's 2nd and 3rd John respectively, and therefore, like Jude reminds us, we should be contending for the faith once and delivered all to the saints, because that is the job of the church. How are we to be the church? How are we to testify to Christ? Well, it's complicated. There's a lot involved in it. It involves what we believe. It involves how we live with each other. It involves the one another's. It involves our disposition to Christ. It involves our loyalty to him. It involves our deep understanding and declaration about him. It involves what we do in the workplace. It involves what we do in the home. It involves everything in our entire life. And the epistles get their arms around all of this and pull all of it together so that we can do our job. And you might say, well, why are we doing this again? Why does this all matter? Don't forget the big picture. Don't get lost. God has a plan. It's an eternal plan. It's a plan that is spanned from the moment of creation all the way to eternity. In fact, to be even more technical, it's from eternity to eternity, and we have a role. He has established all of this as the institution for this time because we are part of that institution, the church. This is our time. This is our job. And he hasn't left us clueless on how to do it. He's given us all these instruction, all of this body of doctrine, all of this body of application so that we would live for him, so that we would play our part, so that we would make an eternal difference. And that's not just because we are worth it. We're not. We're sinners, we're dust, we're the worst of the worst. But God in his kindness has called us so that we would declare the glories of the one who brought us from darkness to light. That's our job and the epistles help us to understand that for this time so that we can have a role in the big picture. Thank you for listening to the Center for Thinking Biblically podcast. To help support this ministry, please visit thinkbiblically.org forward slash donate. To learn more about the Masters University on campus and online undergraduate and graduate programs, visit masters.edu.